Welcome to Lex City Church. We're so glad that you joined us today for our online-only PJs and Pancakes Sunday. And as we close out the year, we just want to take a moment and celebrate all that God has done right here in Lexington and around the world through our church. Thank you, Lex City Church, for your passion, unity, and grit throughout this unique year. Early in 2020, we found focus in our life and learned how to communicate with different personalities through our series, I Said This, You Heard That. In February, we hosted over 250 people at our daddy-daughter dance we call the Princess and King Ball. In March, everything changed when we became an entirely online church. Groups, kids, and youth ministry all transitioned fully online within a matter of days. As a church family, we came together during this unprecedented time to serve our community. You served hundreds of hours giving groceries and supplies to people in need. You cared and loved numerous frontline workers and served alongside our local ministry partners who directly provide assistance to addicts, children, and those most in need. During this season, you also lifted your eyes beyond Lexington and provided over $20,000 in supplies for our partners in India for hurricane relief. We celebrated Easter together online with over 5,000 people joining us for our Easter weekend. Throughout the summer, we studied the parables of Jesus and began our fall semester by giving over $13,000 in school supplies to families who were in need and transitioning back to school online. Our student ministry, Lex City Youth, connected with over 250 students during the fall semester in person and online. And our online kids program, Kids City Live, created over 40 episodes and saw over 22,000 views. Our church community stayed strong and connected with over 575 people regularly participating in interest groups, life groups, and recovery groups. Every week on average, over 2,300 people joined together to worship online and in person during 2020. Thousands of people in Kentucky, throughout the United States, and around the world have been blessed through your generosity and support of Lex City Church. Most importantly, we are celebrating over 80 people who have chosen to put their faith in Jesus during 2020. We are amazed how God has continued to bless our church and community during this unique season. Thank you for continuing to support the ministry and mission of Lex City Church. Wow, church, thank you so much for your generosity in 2020. As we close out this year, I want to challenge and encourage you to continue to be generous and continue to give in this last week of the year. Because right now, everything that you give is going to go towards our campus improvements and our online experience getting even better in 2021. If you feel led to give as we close out the year, you can head over to lexcity.info and click on give and set up your donation. You can also text to give by texting 84321 and the amount. And if you're going to mail a gift, make sure you postmark it by December 31st. Church, thank you so much for your generosity. Now let's join Pastor Brian for today's message. PJs and pancakes, one of the many fun traditions here at Lex City. Now normally when I preach, I'm a little hesitant to be preaching in my pajamas, but literally it's the new attire of 2020. You got a Zoom call, just put on a nice fancy shirt, sit behind a desk and you can wear your sweatpants, it's all good. You got a cute guy in your Zoom class? Well, just do your hair, ladies, and everything else will be fine. It's really the new day where dress attire really doesn't matter here in 2020. 
you know, I'm assuming for most of you today, you're, you're watching at home. Many of you as a family, you have either just eaten breakfast or you're getting ready to have your pancakes a little bit later after our service as we go. And so as we think about that theme today, I really want to let you know today is going to be a kid-friendly sermon as we work through our time. And kids, hang on to the very end because we are going to play a little trick on Austin at the end of our sermon. Pancakes. They've been around since the first century. They were invented by the Romans in the first century AD, so they've been around a long, long time. But have you ever noticed how different pancakes can taste? They look the same, but each one can taste different. So kids, I want to ask you a question. Where is your favorite place to eat pancakes? Do you like them at IHOP, McDonald's, Waffle House, or do you love your mom's pancakes the best? I'm going to give you a moment, and I want each one of you to share your favorite place to eat pancakes. Are you ready? Go. My favorite place to eat pancakes is at IHOP. I love all the whipped cream, and I love the strawberries on top, so IHOP wins for me. Have you ever wondered where the best place to eat pancakes is in the state of Kentucky? Well, the Food Network has answered that question. It's in Louisville at Toast on Market Restaurant. Now, it's a fancy place. This is what they describe. The chef's French bistro-informed methods can be best appreciated in a form of the lemon souffle pancake, which will be bursting with citrus flavor and dressed in a rich vanilla custard and juicy blueberry compote. For a real stick-to-your-mouth rendition of American buttermilk pancakes, this is what I'm interested in. Try the breaded pudding pancakes, festooned with a warm rum raisin syrup, and rich Irish cream sauce. Toast on market. Best pancakes in Kentucky. Cannot wait to go. Now listen, what I love about pancakes is this. Apart from all the fancy French stuff, whatever pancake you have, if the ingredients are good, you can add all the great stuff on top to make it even better. Here's a question. Kids, what is your favorite thing to put on top of your pancakes to make it your favorite? Take a moment. Again, I want you to share your favorite topping on pancakes. Ready? Go. You got them? Well, my favorite topping on pancakes is peanut butter. I love peanut butter. You can put peanut butter on everything. But you know, there are also some really nasty things that you can put in pancakes that wouldn't taste good. Kids, what would be the worst thing that you could add to pancakes to make them taste bad? Well, today I'm at Pastor Zach's house, and so I've asked his kids to come help me. And remember I told you we're gonna play a little trick on Austin? We're going to think about all the bad things that we could put inside pancake mix that would taste terrible. So guys, come join me. All right, and let me put a little bit of mix here. And what do you think would be, what would be taste terrible in pancakes? Let's see. Mayo. Ooh, some mayo. All right, let's put it right in here. Let me stir it up. That's perfect. Mayo's nasty. Hey, what do you got? Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Oh, that's going to be so bad. Hot sauce would taste terrible inside pancakes. Good job. Oh, yeah. Give me a couple more drops. Oh, that's great. Well done. Mustard. Mustard. Oh. Did any of you guys choose mustard as your worst flavor to add to pancakes? Ooh, mustard juice. That's even... Oh, yeah. There we go. Give me a couple more. What else we got in there? Garlic sauce. Garlic. Oh, bad breath and bad pancake mix. Mmm. Can you see it's starting to turn nice and yellow? Give me a couple more because... Applesauce. App, very good. Healthy, but yet kind of weird. Oh, very nice. Applesauce. All right. What else we got? 
paprika. <laughs> oh, 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 the French paprika. Ah, changing the consistency. Fantastic. Well, we've put a wonderful mix of things that won't taste very good in pancakes. Now listen, this is what's so interesting about pancakes. When we're all done with this, no matter what you put on top, if the main ingredients aren't any good, the pancake doesn't taste well. And you know, the same is true with our faith. We can spend a lot of time worrying about all the things on the outside and how everything should look and how it's perceived by everybody else. But if the things within our very heart, the main ingredients aren't good, the pancake isn't great. Think about pancakes, so those main ingredients of eggs and flour and baking soda and of course lots of sugar are the key ingredients to make a great pancake. Well the Bible says for our faith there are some key ingredients too to make our faith strong. This is really what the disciples were asking Jesus. Jesus, how can our faith become stronger? And today we're going to see what Jesus told those guys. So Jesus says to his disciples, if you want your faith to grow, if you want the ingredients in there to produce the kind of things that God wants us to. He tells us this in Luke chapter 17. We see his answer. In Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, help our faith to grow. Help us to be more godly in our lives. In verse 6, Jesus replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Now don't miss this simple but really profound truth. Jesus doesn't say for them, the key in your faith is that you have this huge, extravagant faith that never wavers. No, no. He says, listen, the key for your faith, you can have faith as small as a mustard seed, as long as that faith is centered on what is important. The power comes not in the size of the seed. The power comes in who the power is found in, and that's in the Lord. Jesus is not worried about the quantity, right? He's worried about the quality of their faith that they have that something very small can be something extremely powerful. Kids, can you think of something that's very small, but it's also very powerful? Can you think of an animal that looks very tiny and yet has all this strength? I was thinking about that, and the animal that comes to my mind is the rhinoceros beetle. Now, he's kind of an ugly beetle, you'll see him here, but he can lift 850 times his own weight. So if I, as a person, had the strength of a rhinoceros beetle, I could lift 65 tons. That's a lot. If an elephant, a mighty elephant, had the same strength as this beetle, you could pile on top of one elephant 850 other elephants, and he could carry them across the jungle. That's incredible. Power in a very small thing. You know, that's what Jesus is saying is true with our faith. It can be very small, but it can do things that we would think would be impossible. So how do we do that? Well, we find the answer again in that second part of the verse. In, chapter, in Luke chapter 15, as we go in verses 9 and 10, Jesus simply says to them, he says, listen, your faith will grow if you'll simply do the things that I've told you to do. In other words, don't worry about all the fancy toppings that would go on top of your pancake just concentrate on the basic things, the fundamental elements, and that's how your faith is going to grow, and that's how your faith is going to be able to move mountains in powerful ways. So the question is, how do we grow our faith to have this kind of power? I mean, that's what, again, the disciples were asking Jesus. And Jesus says something to them that's very profound. Go back to the chapter in the book of Luke. We're going to see in verses 9 and 10, Jesus simply says to us, listen, he says to these men, listen, do the things that I've simply told you to do. Just be obedient in the regular things, and here's what you're going to see. You're going to see your faith grow with amazing power. 
Don't spend all your time and all your energy trying to work on all these exterior things, adding all the topping, all the glitz to your pancake to make it something amazing. He says, listen, the key is the foundational basic ingredients that are found in, in your faith. So how do we do that? Today, let me just give you, same way as pancakes, there's just three or four basic ingredients. Let me give you three or four things today to help grow your faith in such a way. And the first one is, is simply this. All growth, right, it begins with the Word of God. It, it begins here in our willingness to dig in and learn and have this mold us and shape us. Second Timothy, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says this. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. In the Old Testament, in Psalms 119, we see it in verse 9, the power of God's word in our lives. And it simply says this. It says, how can a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart and do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, and as one who rejoices with great riches. I mean, David's just saying again, Psalms, listen, I, I hide your word in my heart every day. Why? So I don't sin against you. So I know what's right, and I know what's wrong. I know what I need to do and what I need to avoid within the day. It's so powerful that the word of God just becomes a regular part of our everyday life, a part of our routine. You know, when I would visit my grandpa and grandma, one of the memories I have is before we would have dinner each night, they have a little daily bread little holder that would have a verse in it. And you can see the picture of it here. And before we would eat, everyone would pass that around and they would take out one verse and we would all read one verse before we prayed and we had dinner. Why was that so important? It was for my grandparents to remind us that every day the word of God needs to be in our lives. Parents, students, singles, easy way to do that. Every morning before breakfast, read one Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs, one for every day, just to start your day off in the word. It's amazing how many times when you read one of those Proverbs during the next few hours and into the afternoon, you come across a conflict or a situation where that proverb applies so directly. Why? It's just making the Word of God part of our daily routine. I'm so encouraged and I'm so impressed when I hear testimonies of some of our students, our junior hires and our high schoolers, how they consistently daily make the Word of God a part of their lives. They're growing in their faith and it is such a testimony and such a powerful thing. So each day, I encourage you just give five minutes to the Lord as you start. And as you grow in your faith, spend more time. But make the word of God central. And the Bible says your faith will grow like a mustard seed. The second key is to serve people that are around us. Remember what Jesus says in the book of, of Luke chapter 22. He says this. The Pharisees were asking Jesus, what's the most important thing? You know, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And in Jesus replied, a verse we're very familiar with, that you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Again, the second is of equal, and I shared it just with you, that you love our neighbor as ourselves. And the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Think about it, that's amazing. All of Christianity, all that Jesus came to show us and to teach us can be summed up in these two things, love God and care for people. And so it begins, right, that idea of caring for people. It begins with the people that are around us, probably the people that are in the room with you today as you're watching this. It's many of us, our family members, our, our roommates. 
It's our brothers and sisters. So key is this, how can you care for them? My challenge for you is to look to do one act of kindness every single day. You know, share a toy with your brother or sister, clear the table, empty the dishwasher, right? Bring home their favorite meal for dinner. And that is not just people that are in our family, but think outside of it, your neighbors. Your neighbors are going just as crazy as you are during these times. So just take a moment for one act of kindness. As you see them walking their dog by, take a moment to just wave and, and bless them on that day and just engage them in some kind of conversation. Rake their lawn, there's still leaves piled everywhere. Go rake your neighbor's lawn or just do something that again, every day shows an act of kindness. Send them a card of encouragement. Let them know that you're thinking of them and you haven't forgot about them. The beauty of one act of kindness every day is it changes our focus from ourselves to other people. And Jesus says, these are the things that will grow your faith. Let me give you a third one. This one's a little bit harder, but I think it's just as important as we think about growing our faith. And it's this idea of this, practice consistent confession. And what I mean by that is in our lives, keeping short accounts with God, confessing our sins, our habits, with him on a regular basis that we have. See, stress and boredom and hopelessness are three things, boy, that lead to a destructive outcomes. These are three things that lead us down a road mentally and physically that just never ends in a good place. For some of you today, listen, the challenge is, is that you just have too much time in your own head, right? There's too many time with your own thoughts. So you find yourself overthinking things fixating on things that are less than positive in your life. And if you're not careful, that begins to just lead you down a dark path that happens day after day. See, that's why that first one is so important. That's why it's so important that, again, we spend time in the Word every day. Why? It reminds us who we are in Christ. We let God's Word speak to us a perspective of what is truth and who you are in Him and what is a lie and what we can count on. So time in the Word. The other challenge was so much time and boredom. It allows us hours of time on the internet. What does that lead us? That leads us to the sense of constant comparison. I'm always looking, looking at their Instagram. I'm looking at their and their life compared to my life. And that kind of comparison never helps. It drives us to impulse buying. Oh, Amazon Prime, two days later, ding, it's here at the door. The way we go, it's so, it's, it's so fun to be able to see those things. But we begin to spend things on things that aren't really that important. Or we end up with just lust of our eyes. In these hours that we have, we begin to look and watch things that aren't edifying our heart and aren't good for our soul. It's that idea of too much time and boredom and hopelessness. If we're not careful, lead us down a road that we want. Now listen, we know for all of us that we've all, over this time, if we're not careful, we're going to develop, again, some of these bad habits, some of these hang-ups that are going to keep us down. But here's the great part. I talk about this idea of confessing. When we have these things, when the Spirit brings them to our minds, even the things I just shared now, for some of you, something already came to your mind. Here's the beauty. Can I just encourage you to confess it to the Lord, ask for His forgiveness, and just move on in His strength and His power. See, when we confess it easily to the Lord, it, it keeps that thing from festering within us. It keeps us from holding on to that area of struggle. And there's such freedom when we just say, God, I want to acknowledge, I want to agree with you that this area of my life that I'm falling short, will you forgive me? Will you give me the power and strength to overcome it and start new and afresh today? What a powerful thing that is. I think the other part that really helps us overcome on a daily basis some of these habits is again, creating an environment, right? An environment that helps nurture your growing faith. 
can be little things. Play your Christian music whenever you get a chance. When you're in the car, rather than playing some other stuff, play something that just encourages your heart and builds you up. Place your, fi- your favorite Bible verse on a little 3x5 card and put it up on your mirror in your bathroom. And every day, just begin the day with that truth and that encouragement with who you are in Christ. Listen to a good podcast when you go uh, on a walk. Pray for your kids when you tuck them into bed rather than just saying goodnight and turning them loose. Spend a few moments... All of these things create an environment that nurture our our faith. All these are environments that our faith can grow into as we go. Ladies, just a little encouragement for you. I came across a really great little resource entitled Grace Goals for 2021, and I've put a link to that in the notes, but it's just a fun way if something like that helps you out, a way to just begin to put some goals that put grace in the middle of it and let God move in your heart in such a powerful way. All of these things remind us, listen, that, that small habits lead to big changes. That a small mustard seed can move a mountain in a powerful way. Now in normal days, I would normally give you some steps surrounding issues like this. Uh, Reach out, surround yourself with people that can encourage you, right? Find ways to reach out to other people, serve people, just find different ways to connect. And for at least a few more months, those are all fantastic, but they aren't going to be available to us. I hope soon that they truly will. But on the day that they are, I think especially for you singles, uh, as you kind of get back out and single and mingle a little bit more, I have prepared for you today some new COVID pickup lines that I hope you find will be helpful for you. So here they are, singles just for you. Uh, I put them here. You can't spell quarantine without U-R-A-Q-T. That's a free one. I like that one, all right? Uh, Without you, my life is as empty as a supermarket shelf. There's your dad joke for you. Uh, Hey, babe, can I ship you a drink? You know, that one works a little bit there. Uh, I saw you from across the room. (laughs) Stay there. You know, that's kind of a good one. Uh, You can't spell virus without you or I. I like that. Or finally, maybe this one. Uh, Baby, do you need toilet paper? Because I can be your Prince Charming. There you go. I know it's hard to believe that my wife said yes to me with those kind of uh, moves, but that's what it is. Great thoughts as you enter back out into the world. But you know, in all seriousness, a a final thought for us today on how do we grow our faith. And and here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pray bigger and bolder prayers than you've ever prayed before. You know, during this pandemic, If you were to look back and say, what has my prayer life looked like? Here's some questions that I I read that were challenging for me and I hope maybe a challenge for you. And it simply said this, you know, who do you pray for? Do you pray for the world or do you pray simply just for your family? How often do you pray? Do you pray without ceasing or do you pray just occasionally? How persistent are you in your prayers? Are those those prayers that you pray maybe just once or twice and then you just give up on? Or are those prayers that you pray continually and that you've been praying literally for years? How big are your prayers? Do you typically pray for big things like revival, like change, uh, like for healing in, in areas of our country? Or are they more tend to be just smaller prayers like, Lord, just help me get to lunchtime today as I go through them? Now listen, both of these things are important and both prayers are significant. But if we're not careful, I find in times like this, during this pandemic we're in, if we're not careful, our, our, 
our prayers begin to narrow and our prayers become smaller and they become very me focused in the things that we deal with. And so I want to encourage you today to pray big and bold prayers. Parents, I encourage you to pray big things for your kids. Ask God for bold things in their lives. Pray during this time of, of loss and need that God would, boy, God would show up in those gaps and those cracks and those ways that we're struggling that God would meet your kids in there. Single parents, this is an extremely difficult season. And I know there are times you feel like there's ways that you're, you're gaps that you have as you're parenting your kids. And I just want to encourage you, in those moments, pray big prayers, bold prayers. God, will you fill in the places where my kids need you in a, in a powerful way that's there. Kids, I want to ask you this. Now, for you kids, listen, are you praying for your moms and dads? This is hard for them like it is hard for you. And so I just want to encourage you in things that you pray for. Pray for your mom and dad even during these times. As I think about where we are today, I also want to ask you to, to pray for our church. Pray big and bold prayers for us in 2021. I, I'm not sure what 2021 holds. I had a whole calendar for 2020 and that got thrown in the trash a long time ago An open hand saying, Lord, what do you have for us this year? And as we head into 2021, the same is true, but will you join me in praying big prayers and bold prayers that God would use us in new and different ways in this next year than he ever has before. Let's be bold in praying for our country asking God for his healing and his help. Praying that God would show us, isn't true, our, our need for repentance, our, our, our need for unity, our need to really be one nation under God. Prayer for the big C church that we would be united around the truth that we find in God's word and that we would be an example to the world around us. This year we need bold prayers for the church and what God has for us. You see, we need a faith simply like this, Jesus says. You need a faith like a mustard seed. Though small in size, it is alive and it is growing and it can do the impossible. What impossible things does God need to do in your life and in the life of your family and in the life of those that are closest to you in this year? It all begins with a mustard seed watching God grow. Let's pray. Father, today we just take time to be reminded that you don't need from us a perfect faith. You don't need us from us a large, extravagant faith. You just need a simple faith, but a faith that is founded in the power of who you are. A faith that can be the size of a mustard seed, but a faith that can do impossible things. So Lord, we know today that if we will do those things, God, you'll do amazing things in us and through us, and we'll give you the glory for it. In your name we pray, amen. All right, kids, we talked about the importance of this, that even if a pancake has all kinds of fancy things on the top, if the main ingredients aren't good, it's not gonna taste good. So let's do this. I'm gonna invite Austin out. And remember all that yucky stuff we put in? I'm gonna put that in a pancake. We're gonna put all the fancy things on it, and then we're gonna have a regular pancake that's made with great ingredients, but nothing fancy. Which pancake do you think he's gonna choose? Let's find out. All right, kids, remember, this is the one that has all the yucky stuff in it, 
this is the one with the good ingredients. Hey, Austin, I made you some pancakes. Oh, wow, they look great. Yeah, why don't you choose one and then I'll eat the other one. All right, well, I... Well, take a look. Okay. Look how pretty that one looks. Well, I, you know, I, I did listen to your sermon and according to you, we should be focused on the main ingredients and not the toppings. So I think I'll give that one back to you. Are, are you sure you don't want? No, this one, this one looks great. Okay. All right, you ready? Uh... All right, three, two, one. Yeah. All right, we'll see you guys back next week.